Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Chuck. I have two guests with me tonight. My best friend Colton and my friend over here, Ethan. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, brother. I'm doing pretty good. Doing very solid. Nice. So we got the band back together and I told you I was going to release a second episode this week and everything. So this one's actually going to be a pretty good one. And uh, Colton over here spit out some good ideas. Well... I've just always been a bit of a cinephile. I like movies, I like TV shows, I like watching things with commentary on, you know. So I thought that maybe tonight we could talk about Hollywood. How they tell stories, how that's changed, the way they tell stories, whether it's straight to TV, movies, streaming services, yeah, all the platforms we've seen in our short time on this earth, Betamax, Laserdisc, DVD... Blu-ray, streaming services, I mean, it's it's a lot to cover, but it's it's a topic worth talking about. Absolutely, so we'll go ahead and jump right in and continue on. Uh, what's one of the things that changed for you that you, you can tell? Honestly, the biggest change for me was probably when... Things started to shift away from entertainment for the sake of entertainment. Yeah. And became more about a reflection of reality in the sense of, like, no more do we have action movies where the main good guy is basically bulletproof and all of his bullets somehow lock onto bad guys' faces regardless of whether or not he uses the sight attached to the weapon. He's just that skillful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. when I grew up, I, you know, assume me, I grew up watching Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and he was kind of my iconic action hero. So you had Arnold, you I had Sylvester Stallone. Van Damme, Van Damme Wesley Snipes, Charles Bronson. You had Charles Bronson, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. I mean, that generation, those style of action movies, that's what I grew up on. And so for me, the biggest change was seeing action movies pivot from an action hero who's over the top, beyond the realm of reality, and is a hero for the sake of heroism, to now every action movie has to be driven by a villain whose motives are somehow noble, so that he kind of seems like a good guy, even though he's ultimately the bad guy. Yeah. And they have to be... The hero has to be a hero who's reluctantly heroic he'd rather be uh just a regular guy or he just wants to live a normal life and now he has to go do this heroic thing because bad guy did x thing there's never just the hero who's like i shoot bad guys because bad guys need to be shot yeah yeah it's always like they stomped my dog and stole my car not to name a specific movie in particular <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> But Wanjik, you know, he, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. that was definitely one of the movies that I credit for kind of there was killing really, the trope that I enjoy. Yeah, because it wasn't something like it was you know ex Navy guy that they stole his daughter or kidnapped his daughter or you know. Oh yeah, you know, the, the same thing, whatever. Like, retired like guy. that one movie where that dude's daughter got taken. You know, the yeah, one yeah. I yeah. can't remember what it was called, yeah. but. I'm pretty sure they made a, another movie where like his wife got taken, and I think it was it was <laughs> called the same thing too. But I can't remember what it, it was. Uh, you know those movies. That's I what I know the most. Yeah. Have changed is it's it's definitely that genre because 
there growing up it i and i seem to remember it was about the time i was 11 10 yeah, or 11 yeah. i think is when it started to change because before that you had movies like judge dread you know i mean even even like admittedly I, that was one of the last real action movies for just action sake was the carl urban remake of judge dread you know yeah and i liked it because to me it was closer to the comics like yeah Sylvester Stallone it's iconic yeah, that, that, I am the law yeah. it's iconic but the Judge Dredd I know from the comics now he never took the helmet off and the first thing Stallone did was take the helmet off so it was cool to see Carl Urban keep the helmet on through the whole movie just be Judge Dredd be overly violent for no reason other than I am the law you're breaking the law I know I'm going to shoot you with the, the bomb pistol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so one, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, one go of ahead. Things, one of the things I miss, it's, it probably got old fast for some people. They probably lost it seeing or whatever you want to call it. But the one-liners back See, in the day, exactly. those are great. Those are great. Like in the old Batman movie with Arnold as Mr. Freeze. Ice to meet you, Batman. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Chill out. Yeah, like, those, you know those literally become like iconic phrases, like out throughout the whole fucking. Or movie. my yes. favorite Arnold line of all time is from Commando. Hey, Sonny, remember when I said I'd kill you last? <laughs> That's right. That's right, Dutch. You did. You see, you can't kill me yet. I lied and just drops him <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> so another one that was like the cheesiest one I've ever heard is that same movie. And I'm just thinking of just Arnold himself, like the cheesiest one, the lamest one. But yeah, still, he throws the pipe in that dude's chest. He's like, let off some steam. <laughs> you need to let <laughs> off some steam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, damn, you didn't re- you didn't really reach out for anything else but that one. Or the dude that he like he threw the knife into that one guy's chest. Was like, stick around for a while. <laughs> you. You don't get that in today's movies because, like, now, and I, that's the thing is, I guess maybe they get old, or what I chalk it up to is they had to, like, it has to be more real. But who's so casual about murder that they're making one liners after they threw a lead pipe into a man's chest? I'll tell you who. The guy that looks like he ate a Volkswagen Beetle for breakfast. Like, no one expected <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, to like, be super <laughs> eloquent. They didn't expect him to, like, wax philosophically about the, the wanton destruction. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they expect him to stand there, holding an M60, scream real loud until the belt was done, and then bludgeon someone to death with the stock of the empty weapon. Like, Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's no more of that anymore. Things... Yeah, that doesn't exist now. Like, even even the new, and admittedly, another thing that really grinds my gears is in the same vein of action. Particularly, I one of my favorite movies of all time is Predator. The 87 original Predator much. with Arnold. You know, it was great. I've seen them all. I really only consider Predator 1 and Predator 2 to be the, the only Predator movies that exist. Everything else is just a, a nice pretend adventure. It's just something we get to see. Yeah, it, like, it, he, like, our homie's still alive in our hearts. They just want to remind us of that. It like, was they're just, out there. It was okay to just see it in passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the new one, uh, Prey... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, I have, I have, and I I enjoyed it because it. Look, okay, for the listeners you, out you, there, you enjoyed it. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, hey, wait, look. We're okay, so cool. We've got a good one. I'll Chucky be, enjoyed it. Ethan clearly did not. No, no, I'm a comfortable no, middle. No, There's no, no, things no, about no, no, it no, that no, are okay. When we watched it, I was on the fucking iffy side. Yeah, no, it's I'm definitely it's I'm I'm definitely a comfortable middle of the line. But for the viewers out there, I'm gonna try not to spoil anything major. There will be one big thing that I just that I can't discuss without spoiling what might be the the end of the movie. If you haven't seen it, you know it's been out for a while. It's kind of on you. I'm sorry. Prey's been out for like two years now. Don't. It's yeah. over a year for sure. But but it's like two years old. It's a two year old movie. I mean, like. Real if it's talk. out there that long, especially on the yeah, if you're, streaming if you're worried service, about spoilers yeah. for a two-year-old movie, oh, well. maybe maybe this one's on you. Yeah. So the thing is, and this is where I kind of drew the line, is like in this movie, the predator that is hunting the Native Americans is you know a more savage, feral predator, and at one point we see it uh, basically just solo a grizzly bear and. It, Long-time listeners of Let's Talk will know that me, Colton, I have a... Well, I, I, I'm pretty confident in the abilities of the North American grizzly bear. Uh, yeah, one of the biggest bears there are. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the largest predator in North America, and they're... You know what? You go read up on what happened to the grizzly man, if you really need to know why they're scary. But this predator... And what is basically an honor combat duel, like just wholesale smokes this grizzly like a stray roach around Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> he then later in the movie uh, grabs a Native American warrior with one hand, just grabs this guy by the collarbone, yeets him at a 45 degree angle into some trees. The man travels 30 foot at the 45 degree angle and is only gaining altitude, literally never drops an altitude, slams into a tree so hard that one of the limbs impales him and he just, in fact, never comes down from the tree. And he does this to a, a, a fairly large Native American warrior with one hand, presumably. And then 20 or 30 minutes after that, when we've reached the climax of the film, the predator is left facing the main protagonist, who unfortunately is a very small Native American girl and her dog. And at one point, using the same arm he yeeted aforementioned Apache chief into some trees, he punches a five foot four, 115 pounds soaking wet with 11 bricks in her pocket Native American girl. Mm-hmm. And she just takes it. I mean, like, oh, she does the head movement. But it doesn't even knock her off her feet. And either Steve the Predator pulled his punches because he was punching a five foot four hundred and fifteen pound Native American girl, or or maybe that was plot armor. Maybe we need I, to I, have Arnold fighting this thing. Yeah, I definitely because you can't remember. have that tiny girl take a punch from something I just watched straight bear hug a bear to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the movie did have some of its uh, some flop moments for me, and that was one of them there, as uh, that you brought up. It was supposed to be the climax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. came out. You're right. It came out flat. So. 
I'm not going to defend I'm not going to defend it because a lot of movies will have like those moments where they do flop just because you know they want to let's just say because it was a the the lead role was a, a female that she could just take the hits just like a grown man she would can magically fight a grown or, man or you know maybe or that there's, there's, there's different things I'm not even trying to like Upset anybody with this stuff. It's just yeah. I mean, it's not my point to upset anyone. Yeah. I'm just saying that like look at look at like the first Terminator movie for example. I can't remember the name of the actor who played Kyle Reese, uh, the soldier who comes back to protect Linda Hamilton and Sarah Connor. Yeah. Originally, Kyle Reese was supposed to be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold was supposed to be the soldier who came back to protect Sarah Connor, and the actor who played Kyle Reese was supposed to play the Terminator who's sent back to kill her. <laughs> and when Arnold read the script, that's what he did. He went to James Cameron and said, James, I have to play the Terminator. And James was like, no, Arnold, you're you're the main good guy. And he said, I won't do it because I won't let you show me being thrown around by this little dude. It uh-huh. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Make me the Terminator and I will do it for real. Like, I'll throw him around. You won't even have to, like... There are no little strings. You don't need a body yeah, double. And, and they're like, oh, well, you got to do this and that. And Arnold walked up to the actor that played Kyle Reese, grabbed him with one hand, grabbed him by the shirt, and lifted him off the ground, and then carried him over to James Cameron and set him down. Come on, what is the way to do Just Come here. <laughs> Tell him you want to play the good guy in the movie. Like, I mean, I'm not sure he said that exactly, but that's, there's, like, on-set stories. He literally carried what was supposed to be the Terminator by the shirt, just picked him up with one hand, was like, come with me, we're going to go see James. Yeah. Took him to James Cameron, was like, look, James, this is, you want this the other way around? Yeah. And James was like, okay, Arnie, you got a well, point. The, the, the and then because like, he did that, we got that terrifying scene where Arnold runs up on the Crown Vic, jumps up on the hood, and then starts punching his way through a tempered glass windshield yeah. while Linda Hamilton and Kyle Reese freak out on the inside. You know what's funny is probably like, well, we don't know if you're big enough. He's like, come on, put some... <laughs> I can't even talk about I can't even do his voice and this sort of thing. He's like, put the sticky note on my back. <laughs> yeah, I see, I can't do that big. I can't, I don't know, you know. Put the sticky note between my shoulder blades. They do, and then he just slams his back into a concrete wall, leaves an eight-inch divot, and the sticky note still in the concrete. Oh, now am I big enough? <laughs> there, are, he's the guy. Well, I'm certainly not going to tell you no, Mr. Schwarzenegger. That's what I fucking thought. See, like those, those are those movies I can never get tired right. of watching. You well, know? it's because they were good, and they didn't. There was no. There was premises. There, there, they didn't. Yeah, they had a story to tell, yeah. and they didn't care how they told it. Yeah. It wasn't about representation or diversity or inclusion. It wasn't about, does this reflect the world we live in? It was just about telling a good story. And, it, and that's the thing. It only was... It was just about the story. It was within the movie. It didn't touch the outside world yeah. because people would try to forget it. That's what entertainment used to be. It was our escape from and the outside yeah. world. It's, then, like, it's like what you always say when we play fucking Mortal Kombat, dude. What is it? Warriors always show nipples? Yeah, that's right. Real men show nipples? Real men show their nipples. Yeah. Like. <laughs> dude, that's why, that's why I was like, you know, even like watching Conan, 
Beastmaster and all that. It's not practical always, for real combat. See, yeah. Like you'll never see a United States Marine Corps soldier running into Fallujah like in a wife beater with his AK slung over his shoulder. Yeah. AK slung over too. That's just in the movies. You go watch Rambo though and you will see Stallone like in a baggy wife beater, both nipples out, all 18 pack of abs with an M60 just oiled up and firing Warm rounds everywhere. Just holding the fucking changes like that. Yeah. <laughs> in the, it's like that was the thing. The old movie, Ethan's right, no, that, that was the mark. Is It's like Mortal Kombat movies, you know, any of the old action movies, Real men show their nipples. Like yeah. nowadays, it's like, oh, my suit's bulletproof. Like I wear all of this armor so that I can get shot a bunch of times. Well, it's like, yeah, well, or you could just be cool like Arnold and not yeah. get shot. Yeah. Actually, wasn't there actually one movie that Arnold did? Well, I mean, yeah, he got shot. No, no, it was like one. It was once. It was like what was he? He was playing like a Russian cop. Are you talking about Red Heat? Yeah, yeah. That dude fucking stabbed him right, like right oh, yeah. there in the abdomen. He just looked down. It was an actual knife too. Like it wasn't like yeah. the, it wasn't the prop. I mean, it was a prop knife, but it wasn't the one with the fake blade. Yeah. It was just a dulled prop knife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the one where the dude stabs him when he's in like the full uniform. Yeah. Yeah. That dude actually stabbed Arnold like that far. It was like quarter of an inch, half an inch. Yeah. Went into him and Arnold didn't react. Clothes, but so didn't they even... used that take. Like that, he actually got stabbed at that scene. That's just crazy. Yeah, because when you see him work, working on shit, you see that little. You scar see how he does have a little scar. Coin looks like somebody stuck a quarter between his ribs. Yeah. <laughs> but no, 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 like and it's this is a really good topic because like, we'll, I don't think we'll ever. You know, we'll, that, that we'll, we'll go gone. back to those kind no, of movies. That's gone. There's now like, it, oh, it's too unbelievable. For one guy to like go shoot up an entire mafia stronghold and not catch a bullet, but somehow it's more believable that sixty-five-year-old Keanu Reeves can take a bullet to a Versace suit and walk it off. Or it's more <laughs> believable now that uh, no, it wasn't Versace. It was Armani. Oh, he wears okay. Armani, well, dude. Whatever it is, it's still a suit, and I'm like. I've seen okay. what happens when you take one to an actual ballistic vest. So one one movie, <laughs> so one movie in my mind is the uh, franchise of Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah, dude! Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, you know, we have watched that transform real time, Chucky, because they went from like it was semi realistic in the first movie. Yeah, yeah, that was cars that yeah. went fast and people that did cool stuff, and then it now, was all like, about racing. Yeah, it was all yeah. about racing. It could have been about racing. And somehow by like Fast 7, we have dudes yeeting cars out of buildings. And ride through the building and land on the highway. And then all the explosions, the buildings collapse behind them. Or yeeting yeeting a fucking car off a moving train. And in one of the movies, didn't The Rock rip a minigun off a drone? He did something like that. There's no, I mean, I get it. He ripped a minigun off a drone and then took it and was firing it. But it's like one... Where do you have the ammunition? Because that was all stored in the drone the you ripped trigger. this off of. Yeah. Where's the trigger? Because there wouldn't be a trigger. If it's mounted into the drone, it would have an electronic wiring. Like, it made no sense. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in one of those movies, too, like... Didn't they, like, launch a car into space or yep, something? Yeah, the last one, I believe. Like, See, like that. I don't understand that. Why but was that even a thing? It, it blows my mind. Hollywood's just... It's changing his game. They're making it... Not uh, even more of a storytelling. It's all about. It's all. They used to call it jumping the shark. 
Yeah. It's all about the next well, big you know, stunt. You know what, dude? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this. After what was the one from fucking Brazil where they had to heist the fucking big ass vault? That was the last movie I ever fucking saw. Fast and Furious. Dude. Oh yeah, because I think I saw that one. Not like that I was the last fucking it, one. But like I, yeah, that was the one where like they anchored the vault to the dune buggy or something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that one. So I didn't even realize he was one of those. Now he's coming back again to be the main antagonist. You know. Not Jason Momoa, Jason Statham. Yeah. 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 So okay. He, he, no, he no, was, Jason, he was, no, Jason Momoa was in it. Is, yeah, thought, he's in he's in this one. I thought it was Jason Statham. Yeah. No. Jason Statham's in it. John Cena's in it. But Jason Statham was from antagonist to now protagonist. Yeah, yeah. Dwayne's not in it anymore because of that whole bullshit of between him and Vin Diesel. Yeah. You oh, know, on the subject which I think it was of, like someone... of like watching movies change, because you're right, we've literally watched The Fast and the Furious. That's a good analogy for how Hollywood has changed. It's because that started as a racing movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, you race for you know to take somebody's whip or money, bragging rights. It was like my favorite scene from the first one was when. Uh, uh, Paul not Walker anymore. Uh, <laughs> when he races Vin Diesel, yeah, yeah. and he, he like kicks the NOS on at the very end, yeah, and then and Diesel just... kicks the NOS on right after, and he beats Paul not Walker by like an inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like I almost had you, and Vin you know, Diesel's like, you know what's funny? Because I was thinking about that line right there. <laughs> almost had you is that these people are still coming to these movies like this movie's gonna be great. You know what? The, we almost had you. It's pretty <laughs> still shitty. It, ask any racer, any real racer, if it matters if they win by an inch or a mile. Yeah, and that like, was actually pretty. That cool, was a though. good movie. That was yeah, pretty. That cool. was a good movie. That was the only look. That was the only Fast and the Furious movie that I went into and came out of. Like I went into impressed already. I was like, this is probably gonna be a good movie, and then I came out of like, damn, that was better than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. After that, every Fast and Furious movie, I went into it like, this might be an alright movie, and I came out of it like, what are they smoking in these writing rooms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it's like, just those, you cuz. Yeah, so <laughs> think about it too, it's like, any other vehicles are, the main thing now, Fast and Furious, I think that it was just going to get boring about the street racing, which is, yeah. it is what it is. Well, you can only go very far with those. stopped after Tokyo Drift. So, yeah, yeah but there's three yeah. movies that involve like, all movies involve vehicles, but like the three movies that are like the most important thing about it, I guess the movie was Mad Max. You remember the Transporter movies? I haven't really watched all those. You but should. See, I think of Mad Max. Like those vehicles, those fu- the fuels are very needed. They upgrade their vehicles in what ways that they can. Uh, the other one, Death Race, if you haven't watched Death it. Death Race was banger. See, right? that, yeah. see, like, those are the, like, good things. And the third one, Transformers. If you ever get a chance, go back and watch the original Death Race. We're called Death Race 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a good movie. Yeah. I actually watched that one. But those three ones right there, oh, it was, was already... Who, 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 I forgot who was in Death Race 2000. Um, it was Steve McQueen. McQueen was in it, wasn't he? Because he always did all those, uh, those fucking like that. I think so. It was either Steve McQueen or James Coburn. No, I don't know. I think it was. I don't McQueen, know. I won't give it I think you're right. I think Steve McQueen played Frankenstein. Because he always, because in all of his movies, in McQueen's movies, dude, he always did the fucking car chase scenes. 
with no stunt double. Mm. With no stunt driver. That might be it. They I think the reason I don't remember who it was, though, is because I, I think it was Stephen Queen, but I think it's, he played Frankenstein and he had the mask yeah. on the whole movie. But see, but like those three movies, yeah. like, you can you can actually evolve those things and it will still be believable in yeah. that universe or whatever it's in that storytelling thing. But with freaking, fan, uh, I almost said fantastic, but freaking <laughs> Fast and Furious, now there's nothing fantastic about it. But like I said, by the time we know, like you're gonna see them like going against you know the Justice League or whatever. Right. It's just you see Fast these... Eleven. <laughs> the Justice League gets pink slipped. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Do you gonna see Van Diesel do this pose? Right? Yeah, he's he's posing on Superman's car and yeah. Superman's like weeping in front of it. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, with the fucking monkey wrench that he always has. He's right. Like Dom's gonna raise soups. The Rock is like off. staring down Dark Side while they're like dodges bump grills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I don't know, but what movie that I think though like <laughs> that was very it didn't get much appreciated back in the day. I don't think. If it did, it was very limited. Like people didn't show their love because not other people have watched it or they didn't care for it. But the Fifth Element. The fifth element was a it was a sleeper for some people. Ruby Rod was hilarious. I don't care who you are. If nah. you, like <laughs> you see, like that, and then you have Starship Troopers. Dude, Starship Troopers is my jam. But what I this is the part about Starship Troopers that kills me. Even the people who have seen it don't get that you're not supposed to like anybody in that movie. Starship Troopers is ultimately a movie about a bunch of people who get tricked by propaganda into joining a military that cares nothing about them and will grind them to meat paste between its gears and turns them into relentless, merciless weapons. The movie itself is cut in with propaganda. Like those little ads in there. Would you like to know more? That's propaganda. That's not a, an advertisement. That's wartime propaganda. <laughs> and they're indoctrinate. That, that's what I love about the movie is they indoctrinate the audience just like they do... Uh, what's his name? Rico. Yeah. Uh, like just like, just like Rico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we watch him go from a normal kid in high school to the metal-handed marine of murder talking about Alright, Rico's Roughnecks, do you ugly fuckers want to live forever? No, sir! Hoorah! Fucking... He played football in the beginning of that movie, Chucky. Yeah. He wanted to go to school. Live a normal By the end of it, he watched the only woman he ever loved choose some other dude over him and then just get straight smoked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's probably like one of the like first movies that welcomed that with there because the good guy always gets the best girl who yeah. saves his life or saves her life or she falls in love with him. That's pretty good. No, she loved this dude and... She dies. And she dies. She dies with the dude. Yeah, she dies with the dude. That's the part. And it's like, and at the end of the movie. No, no, she didn't die. No, you're right. 
Okay, she he actually fell in love with somebody else. Was like a second pick. That's right, and she died. She died. Yeah, and like, and then, and then the other, the original chick picked the other guy. That's yeah. right. So it's almost like both of them died. It's a double hurt. Like, it's a double hurt. Like we got each other. Yeah, but remember, we're both in the friend. We friends on each other. Right. All right. Oh, right here in the meow meow. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I cooked me. You cooked. I cooked you. But yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is like. Everyone loves that movie, you know, or at least most people that seen it love it. Yeah, and it showed too. Like, it didn't have to be the good guy always gets the girl or the girl. It subverted it, it, expectations yeah, yeah. in a good way. It, it was like it subverted expectations in a good way. And Barney was the uh, communicator of bugs, right? That that's right. He he could smell its fear, or he could sense its fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good old Barney. It's afraid. <sighs> <laughs> uh, all those guys and this is how I met your mother so like <clears throat> but you know that's a subversion of the audience's expectations in a good way kind of like uh, Ooh, the professional another good one another topic I, didn't mean, I, I mean uh, like the professional you know it, okay if you haven't seen the professional I'm not giving you a spoiler warning. This movie's as old as I am, and I'm like 31 years old. It's on you. Like, yeah. you haven't seen it by now. You're definitely just not going to. Yeah. It's got Natalie Portman in it when she was real young. Yep. Basically, her family gets uh, in deep with the mob. The mob shows up with a hitman, smokes her whole family. She was out getting groceries. When she comes back, she sees that they're, like, cleaning up, and her neighbor... Frenchy. Like this this French guy, Frenchy, yeah. welcomes her into his apartment because he knows that they were killing her family and they would kill her if they find her. She finds out that Frenchy's a hitman. She wants him to train her to become a hit woman so she can avenge her family. He agrees to train her, but only so that she can see that it, this isn't the life she wants. This isn't how you want to live. Yeah, yeah. By the end of the movie, he realizes that he can't be her father. That the only way he can be out of her life without her feeling like she was abandoned as if he dies and that the only way he can make sure she doesn't end up doing like this him. like yeah. him is if she doesn't have a reason to do it. So he kills the hitman and a bunch of the mob guys that killed her family. And of course, you know, the very end of the movie, uh, Gary Oldman plays wonderful psychopath. He, of course, corners Frenchie. It's the final fight between the good guy and the bad guy. And Frenchie's shot up and he's about to die. And Gary Oldman's like, oh, I got you now. And Frenchie's like, this is from Matilda. And he hands him like a pen from a grenade. He's wearing a vest of grenades. Huge explosion. Kills them both. Natalie Portman, like, plants her little house plant. She's sad about it. Grows up fine. Probably gets a job at, like, a legal department yeah, yeah. or something, you know? yeah, yeah. Everyone thought that that movie was going to end with, like, him taking her. And it's like, you know... You're, I'm your father, I'm your father now. now. Like you have a whole new life. Like right off into the sunset, happy ending. And what you get is this bittersweet goodbye. Yeah. And you have to just walk away from the movie, knowing that she's gonna be fine because she doesn't have a reason to be a hitman now. She knows how to take care of herself if worse comes to worse. Yeah, yeah. And she's stronger for it. That was a good subversion of expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of, like that, that's more like you're saying a more realistic. Um, ending because why why does she need to live this life of uh, being Murder. a killer yeah like that she's like everything's it, it tied all up uh, tied up all the loose ends yeah yeah, yeah. like I don't know I, I've... but then you get things like uh, 
the new Disney Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you're set up in the first one to believe that this evil Sith Lord Snoke is really the one behind the First Order, mm-hmm. and then halfway through the second movie, they just smoke that dude like yeah. He's gone immediately. I mean, he just gets straight cut in half. It's really anticlimactic. And it's like, oh, well, Snoke was just a puppet anyway. So it's like, okay, there's this big bad evil guy out there. And now you're like, well, who was it if it wasn't Snoke? And then the third movie comes out, and it's like, oh, well, it turns out it was Palpatine. He's not dead. And it's like... Yeah, looking like he's pushing almost 200. The man got cooked with lightning and hurled down a thermal vent shaft... I don't know how that didn't kill him, but whatever, okay, let's say it didn't. Now we have the same bad guy that we've had for every movie. Like, you guys had the opportunity to create something new. Yeah, yeah. You tried, you almost, you had me expecting, this is a bad subversion of expectations. I expected an entirely new villain, and then you're like, surprise, it's Palpatine, it's always been Palpatine. Yeah, I just pulled the strings. It's Palpatine again, and it's like, okay, that's a bad subversion of expectations. But then through the whole through all three movies, like who's Ray's parents? Who's Ray? Is Ray a Skywalker? Is Ray a Kenobi? Who's Ray's parents? And then in the third movie, it's like she's a Palpatine, and you're like, oh, so it was always Palpatine. Another bad subversion of my expectations, Disney. But then to top it all off, she gets a hero's death. She gets something that not even Luke got. Luke was denied because they, they like, he has, his heart fails because he did force too hard. Yeah. But Ray gets to have an incredibly climactic battle with ultimately the big bad evil of Star Wars, Palpatine. Yeah. And they both die. She gets a hero's death. They're both gone. And Palpatine's plan was, if you kill me, my spirit will just go into your body, and then I'll be the most powerful Jedi and the leader of the fucking Empire. So by killing herself and him, she ruins his plan, she saves the galaxy, she destroys the Empire, she finally kills Palpatine once and for all, she gets to be the hero that she was supposed to be, that, that they always said she was, and even though I didn't like her character, her death, in my eyes, would have redeemed how just blatantly kind of shitty she was through all three movies. Because, I don't know, I can't speak for Daisy Ridley as a person, but the character of Ray Palpatine is obnoxious. She is smug and obnoxious. But by sacrificing herself, she would have redeemed herself. And I would have, as a fan, I would have been like, now I can go back and watch these movies with a different light. Because I I know that she's angry and bitter and upset. But I know that ultimately she's going to make the decision to sacrifice everything for the good of the galaxy. Yeah. And then they have Ben Swolo, Mr. I shot my mother into space and stabbed my daddy with a sun sword because my uncle got mad and waved a glow stick at me one time. <laughs> he shows up and kisses her dead body back to life and that kills him somehow. He's just like, you can have my life and dies. Now, now Ben Swolo, the man who still had a whole redemption arc ahead of him. Through all the movies, Kylo was the bad guy. He was awful. He was a terrible human being. And now that Palpatine's dead, that the Empire's basically fractured, the Republic, the, the new rebellion, needs a general. 
a Force-sensitive general, a real Jedi, someone who's been to battle, someone who can use the Force, someone who, above all, is a tactician who has been through war yeah. to help them fight off the Empire. So it would help if that person also knew how the Empire worked. Kylo Ren, Ben Solo would have been the perfect general for the Rebellion, and you could have started his redemption arc there, made three more movies about how Ben became a good guy, and finally set right the the, yeah. the taint that he put on the Solo name. <coughs> yeah. But instead, you have him just show up, kiss a dead girl back to life, and he falls over dead, and what, that's his redemption arc? He brought back Rey, the girl who, through this entire trilogy, has just been hateful and spiteful? Yeah. And yeah. then what does she do? She goes to Tatooine... She goes to Luke's old house. She takes his old lightsaber. And hers. She stands in front of his sunset. They play Luke's theme song. And then when somebody asks her her name, she has the nerve to say Ray Skywalker. She's a Palpatine. That's a bad subversion of my expectations yeah. because at the very least, she could have went and helped the rebellion. But instead, she goes and what hides on Tatooine like a Jedi hermit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just being like another Luke, I guess. You know, it's it's but Luke a, actually no, pulled his no, more more of like another Ben. ben yeah, Kenobi. more like another Kenobi than than yeah. even a Luke. Like, and it's just if you're going to subvert the expectations of the audience, the subversion has to be better than their expectations. Right. No, and I don't know, man. Like stuff like that does it. It's weird. It, it bothers me. You can't make it a. a in my, in my eyes, you get the best reviews and everything from critics, whatever. But for me, it doesn't satisfy me. Like, today's horror movies, there's very few. Like, the one franchise that I think is doing really great out of all of them... Evil Dead. Evil Dead. So you yeah. think of like on that one. Well, it's because they stuck to what's, what goes well. The reason the Evil Dead works is because everyone in those movies is on equal footing. The men, the women, the children, every one of them are literally insignificant compared to, like, the Klandari demons. Yeah. Like, everyone in that movie is that far away from getting, like, chainsawed or whatever. I mean, nobody, even the main characters through the entire movie, you're like... (coughs) They're gonna die like in the next frame of this movie. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no one's safe. Yeah, and no one's like, no one's like. I am. I can fist fight this demon. This dude possessed by a demon because I am whatever qualifier I am that that put me here. You know, it's not like I'm a person of this ethnicity or a person who is of this sexual persuasion. Therefore, I have plot armor. The Evil Dead works because they don't care what religion you are, what race you are, what preferences you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Klandari demon's going to rip you apart. Yeah. That that's probably yeah, yeah, what's going to happen. They want a soul, regardless. Yeah. Like they, they, they don't like, care. There's yeah, no there's no message there. Yeah, and there's no ash, there's no fucking Bruce Campbell Ash in the in the movies. I mean, and but even then, like even when Ash was there, like Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, through those through both of those movies. Until the movie ends, you always wonder, like, is this when Ash dies? Yeah. Because they always left off on something. Yeah. Like, is this is this going to be it? Is this it? Is it's, this how it ends? And then seeing that's a lot of why, too, because some movies, they stop doing that. Well, the thing that, that really, I guess, gets to me is a lot of the movies now, 
it's you're right they stopped ending it on a, like a question they leave it unquestionably they're gonna make another one you know what I mean yeah like now there is no I wonder if they'll ever make another one of these or is this the end because at the end of the movie like there's always something that's like implies the next one yeah you know because if it sells they're gonna keep making it you see the last one the new Evil, Evil Dead, Dead Rise? Rise not yet it's amazing is it amazing. I'm, I'm gonna watch it tonight better than Evil Dead really this is coming for me but wait better than the remake Evil Dead or the original Evil Dead no one's ever gonna beat the original okay cool opinion. and I'm good with that but if you really think it's better than like the what 2016 2013 remake mm-hmm. Yeah, if you think it's better than that, I'll go watch it. You know, I, and I know this is going to sound bad, but another thing that I, I really don't care for about modern Hollywood is I I don't care about political correctness or sensitivity or inclusion. Yeah, yeah. I just don't because I care about a story. Yeah, and there's, there's one thing too, like another way that they're changing it in a way that never really got brought up on the mainstream like in theaters you see it streaming service or you know mm-hmm. some other way a platform you'll be able to watch it is that now and I think this is pretty neat and you can't say they're throwing this in your face because we live in the real world mm-hmm. right is that now that they're actually I've seen that there's two three uh Movies that are a bit recently out, like not physically watching them, but I know that they're mm-hmm. out, like seeing the trailers from, is that uh, seeing uh, the lead actor have a love interest that's also another male. And so, let's one call bros, is from what, from what I've seen, it's pretty hilarious. Like, not watch it. Like, it's not going to be romantic, it's not trying to make. Brobag Mountain, whatever. It's just like the bromance. Yeah, bromance. Uh, it's legit yeah. hilarious. Like you would laugh about it if you saw what you, on what. For screen. sure. And people, oh no, we shouldn't. No, 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 no. My kids watches. Your kids see a lot of things already on the internet, and and that movie might have done better than it did. But the problem is, and this is this is why I say like I don't care about diversity or inclusion. The problem and what happened with Bros is people made it about diversity and inclusion. Mm. People made it an issue of, well, if you don't go see this movie, then you don't support movies with gay men in it. Well, it's not about that. The reason I'm not going to go see this movie is because you told me that if I don't go see this movie, I don't support gay people. Like, I, I may have a bunch of gay friends, but as old as humanity is, the one thing that's always been the same is if I want to make sure that you're going to do something, I'm going to tell you not to do it. If I want to make sure you're not going to do something, I'm going to tell you that if you don't do it, you're a horrible person yeah. and you're bad and wrong. And now even if you supported the thing, because I phrased it that way, because I made it seem like if you don't support the thing, you're, you're, the, you're, the, worst, you're the worst person on the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to not support the thing. To spite me. Yeah, yeah. Because spite's the best motivator that humanity's ever had. Yeah, we'll probably steer away from that a little bit. But I get what you're saying, though. I mean, it's... I get it. And I don't mean it to be offensive. No, 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 no. no. I, I just I mean that, like, as a whole, the majority of people out there are contrary. They're yeah, yeah, contrarian. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, I... So if you, if you want your movie to do good, 
when you advertise it, advertise the story, advertise the plot, because then at the end of the day, if I say this movie was good because of this in the story, or this movie was bad because of this in the story, people are going to look at that, and the people who are not like, just the what they're thrown in there to yeah, yeah I got you know, you. I got once you're once you make it not once you make it about anything other than the plot of the movie, yeah, you divide people, yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of people. Who are they're contrarians? They're gonna do whatever you tell them not to do, yeah, yeah. and they're not gonna do whatever you tell them they're supposed to do. Yeah, just because you told them to. Yeah, that's that's I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Just I don't know, man. Just Hollywood is involving more than we well, expected. If you're gonna it's, have a gay action hero, just have a gay action hero. Just don't throw the shit in everybody's faces. See, like I guess that's what I'm going with. Is like yeah. I would I'm I would totally be okay with like if in the last action hero. You know, Arnold just threw his arms around some dude and proceeded to investigate the back of his throat with his tongue. I probably wouldn't be okay with that. But if he, like, grabbed some dude, hugged him, gave him a quick kiss or something, like he has some of the women, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with that. It can be a little passionate, like, hey, whatever. But if you're going to make me, like, if you're going to make it long enough that it's uncomfortable, you know what I mean? Like they're fucking straight up tongue boxing. You I mean, like, even at the end of Rocky, when Stallone grabs Adrian. Yeah. Like, it's it's a, a solid, like, what, five seconds worth of a kiss? Yeah. Yeah. But that's not an awkward amount. Like, don't make it awkward. It's just generally awkward just seeing people just kiss in general for me. Not, it doesn't matter. The same oh, don't get me wrong. That's what I'm saying, but, like. Yeah, just that way you guys Rocky, know what we're talking about. Not just because it's two males. or Even in Rocky, like, no, no, no. 100%. I'm totally fine with whatever you do. I just really don't want to see it happen. But, like, even at the end of Rocky, that was, like, maybe, what? Five, six-second kiss tops. Yeah. That's about the maximum amount of time before it gets awkward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that, like, when you're at school, they tell you no PDA, no public displays of yeah, affection. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can tell me you're a couple without tell showing me. Yeah, yeah. holding hands is good yeah. enough to show me that exactly. you, you two are an item. Whether like you can both be wearing rings, I can see a picture on a desk. There are ways to tell that that in, that in you can story, tell me that in a story yeah, 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 yeah. without making it about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. But like, no, like either way, no, nothing. That's fine in the world. It's not matter at all. It's just like it's not about it's not about because it's the same. It's not about the preference. It's about how it's displayed. Like there are tasteful ways to do everything. It's, yeah, like, I kind of I know that you know. Porn is a touchy subject, but that's another thing that has, like, you look at something from, like, the 40s, (laughs) and those guys were impressed when a lady showed them an ankle. And, like, now, if you get on the internet, an ankle is going to be, like, if you're worried about seeing an ankle, buddy, you know, you better not own a computer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, don't click on that button that says, are you over 18? Exactly. If it says, like, there's women in your area, and you're worried about (laughs) seeing an ankle... You definitely don't want to see those women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the values have changed. The values of of the world have changed. Yeah. And that, yes, people do, we see more now, so we've become desensitized. Like, even violence in action movies. There was a time where a guy got shot, a blood squib went off, some red fake blood came out, and he went, ah! 
ah! and fell over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, now somebody I gets like shot. Those, I did too. Those? I liked having an imagination, Chucky. Yeah, because you clearly knew that. Oh, at least this guy with this. Let's say this M4. Like, oh, he's just gonna. You're gonna just see it just. Yeah, like you're like, like yeah, like in Platoon. Yes, like Platoon. That. There, that's the movie I couldn't. But like I now, that. now a guy gets shot, and it's like you have to see the blood and his organs, and he has to scream and cry and be in agony for forty minutes, and it's it's like I just or see the bullet enter and exit out of the right, or they, they like, do the the Mortal Kombat like slow mo X ray. You, you know, know like so Hollywood just wants to make sure that. You, you see it all, like the effects, and make it a little bit more yeah. dramatic, I guess. It's, While in the old action movies, like, oh, that guy's dead Yeah, as that hell. guy's dead now. Like, pop, blood squib, he fell over. He's like, ah, Wilhelm scream. Like, yeah, yeah. that guy's dead now. <laughs> but there's one movie that I, I really enjoy for its time for the special effects. The Thing. Dude, John Carpenter's The Thing is a fucking masterpiece. It is, it really yeah. is. The 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 scene with the dog. I mean, for starters, what's crazy though? I don't even like dogs, but that was the goodest boy. Like, because yeah. could you imagine how well trained that dog has to be to sit there? Yeah, but, do all of that. See, what blows my mind though, I feel like those effects are better than in a lot. Of, of course, they are. It's because they're practical. Yeah, that's the difference between digital and practical. A good practical effect. That's why the original Star Wars movies were so good. Because everything was done with puppets, it was practical effects, it was real. Yeah. You know, there was somebody in those costumes. Jabba the Hutt was a dude in a big fat suit, puppeting a tail. Like, yeah, just moving the yeah. arms when he can, and then goes to flap the... in the mouth. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was that was a full time. Like, R two D two was a tiny guy in a robot thing. Like, yeah, yeah. that he had like a fucking controller and move the fucking mm-hmm. wheels with, dude. Yeah, now you have that and everything. Which <laughs> and, still... and now it's all digital. Like, I mean, I get it. It's probably easier. It's, I feel but like... it's. I feel like it's certainly more expensive. And why would you pick more expensive just because it's easier? I say it takes a lot more talent or a imagination now because you have to pretend that this thing that's next to you is actually there. So somebody's like, okay, three steps, then you'll swing and you'll punch a hole through this car. Well, that was right? like, uh, can you, I can't remember his name. He played uh, Andy Circus, played like in the Hobbit movies. You know, uh, does all the mocap work for yeah, like yeah, Disney yeah. and stuff. You know, there was a, a interview one time where like he talked about because he has done so much mocap stuff. And it's always just like him in front of a green screen. You know, he talked about one day like he broke down and just started crying on set because he's like, "Is this, is this acting now? Like, is this, is this what it's become? Like, I'm not acting with someone else anymore. Like, I don't have a scene partner. I'm talking to a tennis ball on a plastic rod, pretending it's a dragon." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it it's. I don't know, it's sad to see that. I miss practical effects. I miss movies that were real. I miss where you could look at it and see that it was real. You yeah. know? Like so, the T-Rex in, in Jurassic Park. That was just a big robot. Yeah. And that's why the first Jurassic Park is so fucking cool. Same thing. With, it looks great, and it still looks great to this day. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's honestly... Um... I would say it's ahead of its time because it was 
it was yeah perfect. it was way ahead of its time i think it was i mean even like the raptors dude they were in the full fucking it was actually guys in the yeah full people suit. in full suits and stuff yeah. like you I don't see that but they the only times that they had to digitally do something was like they had to wear fucking the whole unis the whole one piece blue suit to uh, to cut the shit to cut their thighs out of it yeah okay let's okay we'll name a few movies see if you think it was past it was for the right time for it or it was too wait for it's time okay Terminator see Terminator was Terminator I think or right it's hard I mean James Cameron was always out of his time everything that man does was kind of cutting edge that's how we wound up with modern 3D movies. It would be crazy if we got him started like 20 years ago and then we would have him for to world and gray, dude. I mean, I had some gray already. (laughs) But I'm talking about like... But honestly, like Avatar 2 that just came out, that's probably going to be one of his last movies. Um, From what I've read, he's going to do two more Avatar. Really? Two or three. Uh, I thought it was three. Because it's gonna it's gonna be kind of like the Star Wars thing. I don't think at least he'll, in two years. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't think he'll he may not be doing it. His company may do it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figure. I don't think James. Either way, will he will make he's getting old. True, but until he's until he has a fucking successor. Yeah, and maybe. nobody can nobody, even then though nobody can match up to him on it. No, but even then though, if he has exactly down his will, like how he wants his movie. Oh yeah, you get any. I mean, you can get it done. Yeah, but. you can get it done. It might have it's the same. I, just, I, don't, I don't know if it'll feel right without him there. I, I, it feels the same with. For I know this, you you don't care for it anymore. But Marvel for me, before we open the can one with you, it's just like <laughs> I just don't feel it's the same without Stan Lee. It's the the way I I. It, I don't just feel, to me. I mean, I I do agree with you that since Stan Lee's death, it has gotten worse. Yeah. But I really feel like where Marvel stopped being Marvel was the end of Infinity War, Endgame. Because after that, they started to pivot. You saw, you know, Mighty Thor, where they sidelined Thor in favor of Jane Foster. You have uh, Riri Williams being set up to be Ironheart, the next Iron Man. You have them focusing on Captain Marvel and the Marvels. Yeah. You have She-Hulk, which Phase 4 and Phase 5 have been called like the MCU, you know, because it's all like, it's all girl power. And I'm not saying that's what made it bad, but what I'm saying is made it bad is that they went away from the characters that the audience wanted. Yeah. Nobody asked for a She-Hulk movie. Everyone asked for an Iron Man 4. Nobody asked for the Marvel's movie, everyone wanted, like, another Captain America movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wanted, uh... No one wanted that last shitty Thor I was going to say, nobody wanted the last Thor, Love, and Thunder, but... And see, and that's where, for me, that's when it started going a little downhill for me, because everything else was entertaining, but you don't make Thor as a comical... You don't make him to like who Star Lord is. Don't make or, a fucking joke out of a god. Like this guy is He's a Norse god. He, he may he has a sense of humor, but it still wouldn't be what it is on this show no, or whatever. He's not a he's the, not the, an the imbecile. Only thing that, the only thing that made Thor comical was like seeing the modern technology. I mean, yeah, sure, some of it, but I mean like yeah. he wasn't an imbecile. Yeah. No, 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 no. 
You know, but they did. They turned him into a clown. I don't know. So it looks like uh, we're getting to a good point to our uh, episode. Well, before we end it, I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. If if anyone out there is going to side with me and is not a big fan of Marvel or what <laughs> Disney did with Star Wars, you, you get thrown it out there. Go check out Overlord DVD's channel on YouTube. The man's got some some videos and raises some good points. Yeah. Mm. Overlord DVD. Just stay angry, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap this up and everything. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I sure as hell did. Someone get Kathleen Kennedy out of Lucas Films. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't. Oh, Greg. Well, is there any last things you guys want to say to, before we end this episode? Heresy. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's Down with more. Kathleen Kennedy. Long live George Lucas and Favreau. Blow for the blood. Stay guys. angry. <laughs> Stay angry, my friends. That is... Without respect, we reject. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Throw us a warhammer You guys have now. a good one. Until the next time, peace.